Let's just take a deep breath together. Hear the rain outside the windows. We're here inside and it's warm, sort of. Gathered under a roof. This is the world that we live in, here inside this sanctuary and outside too. Such beautiful things happen and hard things too. It is hard to keep our hearts tender in the midst of it all. But let us try together as we keep our hearts open and our eyes soft and we try to keep our words true at Thanksgiving table, not mean. We know there is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary pain and hurt. We gather in community to learn how to be the person that we're trying to be. We cannot do everything. Sometimes we can't even do something. It's okay. So let us forget our perfect offering, our perfect dinner, our perfect table display, our perfect outfit, our perfect family. Let us forget all of that. There is a crack in everything you can say with me. That is how the light gets in. I want to tell us about how this day, not this day, but this day I'm going to describe to you began. I woke up remembering my dream. And my dream was that I was preaching one Sunday just like this, and the whole roof caved in. All of you were fine. This is, I didn't blow the roof off, I blew it down. All of you were fine, but you looked at me like it was the sermon's fault, which it probably was. And I want to know why we always remember the traumatic dreams and not the dreams where we have discovered that we have our hair back. <laughs> and we're driving down the coast with, the, or with our hair in the wind in a convertible hydrogen-powered 911 Porsche. <laughs> why, why don't we remember those dreams? So shaken, I, I look forward to the coffee, that morning gift of gold in a cup, or tea if, if you drink tea. I know there's some here. And I hover it underneath the Keurig machine because I have to have it now. I'm not going to even put it down. I have to have it now. But the thing that I have to have in my coffee, full-fat organic cream, which replaced the nasty skim milk that I began to use seriously after 9-11 because I was reminded that life is too short and too precious for anything that is skimmed. That cream, as I open the fridge, is oh so suspiciously light for the half-gallon jug, which is the fault of yesterday Nathan, <laughs> who drank it all and put it back 
because yesterday Nathan does not give today Nathan or tomorrow Nathan much high regard. <laughs> does this ever happen to you? Where you get tripped up by the moves and decisions of your previous self? Sometimes the consequences are actually a lot bigger, aren't they? So I swallow down the black cup of coffee because almond milk there in the back of the fridge today, you I cannot abide. <laughs> and what is the weather outside? Naturally, it's raining. That the dog is looking at me with his big moon eyes, his eyes that never tire of hope. Those eyes that never give up hope for the next treat, the next walk, the next car ride, the next moment. I want to be like him so much. I want, I want to believe like he does. I, he has so much to teach me and tell me and lead me toward. And this is true even though he's an anxious dog. Because unlike me, who gets withdrawn and sullen when I get anxious, he just comes up and he just wants to be close and he makes his needs known. He wants to be taken care of. Rather than like me, who makes people guess and plays their martyr when they get it wrong. There's so much to learn there. But what his big moon eyes are telling me now, they're literally looking through me into my soul and they're telling me to never mind the light drizzle and never mind the morning coffee that at the time was more disappointing than a high school breakup and just take me, 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 please out, take me out. This big moon, I can't, I don't big eyes, but big moon eyes. And I say to him, okay, baby, okay, baby, okay, baby. I talk to my dog in the most affectionate ways. <laughs> I say things to my dog that I have a harder time saying to the people I love. Why is that? Why do we get blocked telling the people we love how we feel? So we go out in the rain, and before this, this becomes another dog-walking sermon, let me just say this much because it captures the day. It was time for the dog to do his dog business. Of course, on the edge of the lawn of a woman who is now peering at me through her curtain, <laughs> making sure that I won't be one of those people who leaves the dog business on the edge of their yard, those people for whom universal salvation is surely in question. And I reach confidently. <laughs> to the canister. Attached to the leash that is the beholder. Of the poop bags. And it is naturally empty. 
Yesterday, Nathan strikes again. And the woman is looking at me with her squinting eyes of judgment. Her mood, I'm sure, already fouled because it's the first week of the impeachment trials. And the script that I've written for her, do you do this? Do you write scripts for people even though you don't know them? The script that I've written for her is that she has been watching it nonstop and is slowly spinning herself up into a storm of angst. which I know, I know that, what that feels like. And I want to say, I'm on your side. But I don't have any poop bags. <laughs> and the only bag that I have is this little tiny snack-sized bag that I keep his snacks in. You know those little tiny ones? You don't need to know the rest, but I just want you to know <laughs> that it was a bad scene. It was a bad scene. The point is this. It is not even 8.30 a.m., and I am already having one of those days. It's on, I wrote it in capitals on my, on my page, those days. You know those days when your life is just annoying? It's not catastrophic, it's not traumatic, it's not dramatic, it's just problematic enough to make you forget your best self and your best intentions and all those best before Thanksgiving gratitude sermons that we're all trying to preach to ourselves as we get ready on Thursday to sidle up to Uncle Larry who can't wait to tell you what he thinks is, is happening in Ukraine. You know, not for nothing am I reminded that Thanksgiving became an official holiday during America's first, first civil war. And it makes me think that gratitude is something that we're supposed to practice when, when life is hard. Back home, more annoyance is waiting for me. The two decorative pumpkins that have decorated the step for the last month in all of their autumnal glory have decided that this is the day to collapse in on themselves. <laughs> Spilling down the stairs in an orange pumpkin mash which I'm not proud to say, but this is true. It put me over the edge. <laughs> and you're wondering, what does over the edge Nathan look like? <laughs> it looked like yelling at the pumpkin, my friends. <laughs> it looked like cursing the pumpkin. There might have even been some kicking of the pumpkin that happened. <laughs> And it felt so good. It, it feels so good to go over the edge and, and 
release the tension and let out the pressure. I mean, we've, have you yelled at pumpkins before? <laughs> it's okay as long as it's safe, as long as nobody gets hurt. We need release. But I was thinking about this. This is what I'm wondering. Why are we so close to the edge? Why are we so close to the edge that empty cream cartons and pumpkins send us over? Is it because there's just too many things that are pushing us there? Is it, is it because you've, you've lost somebody this year and, you, and you're, gosh, you're waiting, you know, you're looking to Thursday and you know that that's the first time there's going to be an empty place at the table? Is it because you, you haven't grieved? Is it because your, your marriage, your relationship is in trouble? Is it because you're a kid and you're in school and you're just overwhelmed by all the, the homework and the pressure to, to be something and someone to succeed? Is it, is it your body that's, that's, that's getting older, it's not working the way that, that you need it to? Is it your kid? Is it your child? Is it your parent? Is it, is it beyond you? Is it bigger than you? Is it politics? Is it, is it worry about the, what's happening to our country? Is it, is it, is it worry what's, what the president is doing? And I mean that in, in the most bipartisan way. I mean that as in a patriotic way, actually. Is it bigger than you? Is it, is it like the world, the, the climate change? Is it all these huge things? Is it all of that? Is it all of that that pushes you to the edge? So, because you're so close, we're so close, I'm so close, you're so close that all it takes is a little push, a little press, a little flick, a little breath, and, and we're over the edge. And then how do we come back? How do we come back, get back from the other side of the edge? How do we cherish our time? How do we say a prayer of thanksgiving and mean it? How do we rediscover our heart? How do we restore our calm? How do we, how do we return our patience? How do, how do we do all of that stuff? How do we just become tender again? How do we do that? I don't know. But I want to tell you what happened that morning, that morning, and how a little part of me came back. I cleaned up the stairs. I cursed the pumpkin one more time. And I saw, I saw the dog, I saw Shaka, like wagging his tail near the fence line in the back. And his tail is up and wagging. 
and his and his uh, his head is alert and he's looking down and his body is poised in that posture of play and capture. What is a baby? What is a baby? You got your ball? Speak to him in such a baby voice. But then I get close and I see that, oh no, it's not a ball. But there's a white belly and a fire orange tail of a baby, baby squirrel. And I lean down and I see that that belly is moving up and down. And his one eye, he's looking at me and he's just blinking at me. Years ago, I had warred with squirrels like this as they tried to break into my home. But now, for some reason that I still can't explain, all of that was far away. My tantrum was far away. My annoyance was far away. And I, I can't explain it to you, but all of a sudden I just had this like, this emotion, this like open heart of emotion to push back against all the things that have been pushing me to the edge and just take care of this one little tiny precious thing. That's all I wanted to do. And I can't explain it. I can't explain how I, I, you know, I gloved hands and I gently stroked her or him and I looked over to see if there's no injury. There's no injury. And I can't explain it, but what I did is I, I, I picked up the squirrel in my hands and I went into the house and I called my daughter. Ella, I need you. Squirrel. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. We need to do something. Squirrel. <laughs> what, she says. Squirrel. Look. What are you doing, Dad? There's a squirrel in the house. I know. I know there is. Why do you have a squirrel in the house? I don't know, I say. What should we do? But it was hurt. It was alive. But it was hurt. It was hurt. It was alive. I'm hurt. I'm alive. You're hurt. You're alive. And I just, I just didn't want to be a bystander anymore. You know, I just, I just didn't. You ever feel this way? Like I just, just I can't do. I, I don't know what to do, but I can do this, this thing. Like, like you know, you have the stone cold heart all week and you're just angry, and then something happens, and you just find yourself crying. 
It was like that. I can't explain it, but there Ellen and I went to the trees behind the fence, the place that when she was seven, she used to call paradise. There's still the sign, the paint is faded, but it's paradise, and there are, are painted rocks and teacups and mud cakes that she made when she was seven, and she's 16 now. But there we bent and we made the leaves into like this little bowl, like a little nest. And then I went back inside and I got a little saucer of water and I got unsalted nuts. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I can't explain it. I'm over the edge, but I want to come back and I... What am I doing? But I just, I just say this little prayer for this little baby, this little baby. Later that day, I went back to check on her and she was gone. Remember the poem that Walter and Cheryl and Nevin read? He says, I am longing to exhale this breath of fear. I am longing to exhale this breath of fear so that love can give me the wind I need to breathe again. I can't explain it, but if I did, that's how I would. Because when we rediscover our tenderness, when we breathe again, whatever love we can do to get back over that edge, we become whole. So, my friends, I love you. Happy Thanksgiving.